When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hapgood joining you this morning. We are self-isolating this morning. We're going to make sure in order to flatten the curve of COVID-19 that we all do our part, whether that's self-isolation, whether that's social distancing. If you're not sure with the government rules and regulations, make sure you hop online to find out exactly what they are. Exactly what they are. It's up to all of us. Uh, to play our role in that. You can follow us on social media, our Real Adventures social media pages, Facebook and Instagram, to join in the conversation. Good morning to you, Redmond, though. Good morning, Patrick. It's a little bit different this morning. Got the old Skype going. I can see you there. Yeah, I've got the Skype. I'm in the... I've got the portable studio because, uh, let's be honest, I run the show and uh, you're the accessory, so you're on Skype. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll, let you, I'll let you get away with that. But no, I am on the phone and... <laughs> Uh, yeah, you just put me down. That's a good start. But no, <laughs> it is pretty serious what is going on at the moment. The COVID-19 virus, Pat, it's, uh, it's definitely going to affect my fishing, I think. Yeah, it is. And uh, we're going to get Travis Dowling on a little later in the show to talk through what he's hearing from a government-level perspective and where we sit with fishing at the moment. Uh, clearly, this is an ever-evolving situation at the moment, which is affecting all of us. One of the you know, the most important things in our lives, Redmond, is getting outside, casting a line, whether that's actually going to be impacted over the coming weeks. We've seen um, over in New Zealand, Redmond, if you want to speak about this for a bit, there's been huge changes over there when it comes to outdoor fishing and hunting. Yeah, it's pretty simple. They've literally shut down shop over there in New Zealand, haven't they, Pat? They've locked down pretty much the whole the whole country is in lockdown and fishing's one of them, hunting's one of them. You cannot do it. Will we get there? Could be... 24 hours away, it could be 48 hours away, it could not happen. So depending on how we obviously self-isolate and flatten that curve, like you said, depending on where we get to. But serious question for you, Pat, do you think that the government is taking this serious enough, as in with the stages that we're at now, or do you think it should be pushed further along ahead? Well, that's certainly been a bit of the conversation, isn't it, that, that the government haven't been pushing it as hard as they they should what I will say is there's a real, there's clearly a balance of keeping the economy afloat uh, and and balancing the health and safety of the nation. Now, now health and safety should always come first, uh, but we've got to make sure that you know people are able to put food on the table, and and that no doubt would be a, a real balance for them. I've, I've got no doubt that clearly they know more information that w- than what we do, uh, but we've just got to do our part when they give out the rules and regulations for us to follow. Now, you find it frustrating where you, basically, we're going to hear it from Trav in a minute, but people are saying you shouldn't be fishing. Uh, don't do it. Don't 
just don't go because you, you want to stay at home. But I think where the other frustration part comes, Pat, is the fact that people are still on public transport with hundreds of people going to their building sites in Melbourne or whatever it is, or working with a bunch of tradies, whether it's plasterers or painters, and they're, they're in touch with people from who have been from overseas. And But yet people are criticising taking their kid out fishing who's off school now. Uh, where's the argument settled there, Pat? Like, because for me, I headed out earlier in the week and I only went out on the, on the, I think, two days, Monday and the Tuesday. And I went down to the ramp. I left my place. I didn't... Oh, just got my bait out of the freezer, as I do. I popped it in the uh, in the boat. I didn't have to get fuel. I was already full from last week or just under. I headed down to the local ramp, Queenscliff, and I went out and had an awesome day fishing. I landed up with 40 whiting with a mate on a Monday. Then I self-isolated Tuesday. I'm like, nah, I'll go by myself and do the right thing. And I got an awesome feed of whiting, which I got to give a couple of bags to mum, dad, also Kari's parents, and also myself. So I got to, is it safe to go out there and, People are arguing, going, they're on trams, but you can go to the supermarket and buy your steak with a 50 other people that have probably picked up that steak and put it back down, but yet you can't go out and catch a whiting. What's your argument there, Pat? Well, the, the regulations at the moment uh, are quite clear that you are allowed to go outside and fish. It's yep. all about doing it responsibly, though. It's not, it's not fishing with 10 blokes on a boat. Like that part, yep. um, you know, there's a common sense rule there. But if you are doing it and you, you know, one of the, you know, from what we've heard is the the big translators has been petrol pumps. So you've got to be really careful when you're filling the boat up, when you're filling the mm. car up, that you're cleaning your hands or you're actually just just use some gloves when you, you go down there. Um, but if you are doing it in isolation, um, that's okay. And that's what we know so far. Now, this information can very, very quickly change. But if you are going fishing off a beach and there's no one around, then, you know, that's okay. That's what we've been told. They're the facts so far. It's just not doing it in large groups of numbers. In isolation, so far, it is completely fine. Um, but that in itself, Redmond, brings us to another, you know, there's plenty of other issues. If you are doing it in isolation, you are going fishing by yourself. When it comes to mm. safety, there is no... Uh, there's nothing to fall back on if you're out in the boat by yourself because there's no one looking out for you. Yeah, and what you say there, I think you need to... Another argument that people have had, though, is the other people that you're putting in risk, for example, if something happens. So say I went out by myself and the boat won't start. I can't start the boat. Coast Guard are then going to come. The police then have to come. So there's already three three people, probably either boat, plus it could be more. Now then you're then putting them in risk as well, aren't you, Pat? Because you're not thinking just about yourself and your feet are wide. You're not putting their lives in, in like safety, basically. Exactly right. So if you're unsure, you don't feel comfortable, then don't go. Yeah. That, that's really that's really clear because you're right. Um, you know, we've got our nurses that are putting themselves in harm's way. And the same for anyone that's working in those jobs where they do have to come um, in contact with other people. Now, we are having... Travon soon from Fisheries Victoria. Before we get his take on it, and he's going to fill us in with a bit more details, how do you think this is going to pan out for Victorians fishing? Do you think it's going to come to a complete halt, or do you think it'll stay like this, Pat? Well, as we spoke about before, New Zealand has come to a complete halt. No doubt the the decision to do that would be an would be an extraordinarily um, complex one because there's the balance of um, people's mental health and not being mm. able to go outside versus just trying to contain the spread. And I think at the moment the most important thing is you, we're flattening the curve and we're containing the spread. So 
you just got to be so careful with, with how you do it. Do we get to that stage? I think we will. I think if you look uh, overseas with all the other um, trajectories when it comes to contagion, you know, it, it's it's going to get a fair bit worse, which is a really scary thing for all of us. Now, COVID-19 is basically making people isolate themselves uh, at home, even if you like, even if you have got the actual disease itself, or if you are trying to protect yourself and your family. What are some things that we can do at home? Because a couple of things that I've written down here, Pat, is basically long story short, salt guide. That's not going anywhere. Now's the time to improve your fishing. Uh, you can sit down and watch basically what we do. You can practice rigs. You can practice rigging up baits. You can do all sorts of stuff because all the videos are on there. Uh, and then you can put this into practice once we get through this. You've also got sort of your side of things here, Pat. I've, I noticed you did a, a few posts during the week to help people basically have some ideas what to do. Fit for footy, I'm not sure how that is, how that works. What's that? Yeah, so basically Fit for Footy is an app that um, we've had out in the App Store for, for quite a few months now. And we've partnered with the AFL and basically what it is is you download it from the App Store, you put in your, your data about how old you are, um, how many times a week you exercise, your expert level when it comes to footy, and basically it's a it's a guide to, to keeping you healthy and fit uh, and improving your football kicking, whether it be um, drop punts, snaps. We've got the best players in the competition um, with video data that you can go through and see how Josh Kelly you're, kicks you're the ball. You're obviously not on there. Hello, I, I'm, you're, not, you're, you're obviously not on there because you're the best players in the country. Aaron, I'm trying to be serious here. I'm trying to take you through what it is about. Oh, sorry, We've got the best that. players talking through with with hundreds of different different videos with how they uh, they go about their their daily business when it comes to AFL footy. Um, there's nutritional information. There's weights programs. So it's all there to access for parents who are at home or they've got young teenagers or older teenagers. You know, it, it caters for all ages and all abilities. So um, you know, check it out on the app store, uh, Fit for Footy. Um, you spoke about isolation, being at home. Um, most yep. fishermen are really happy to self-isolate. I think that's quite clear. Um, as long as it's with a, a six-pack, you've got your boat, you've got uh, your dog, you're just about set. We know dogs <laughs> don't transfer the virus. Um, you pretty much just named my day, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> so servicing reels, the things that we never actually ever do, you, you get out in the boat and you go, oh, I should have done that but I just didn't have time to. Now we've got time to really look after our fishing equipment and, and practice those knots which, you know, we've spoken about the tuna and how well they've gone. There's been plenty of people that have sent in, uh, you know, questions to us around the best knots to use because they're failing when they're out there fishing. Yeah, you're spot on. Like the FG knot people need to practice for their casting rods so you don't have them slip but I think you and I spoke about this off air, but I think this is one that people should sit down and do because it's my, you should see my, my screen, Pat. You'll see my Garmin, uh, my screen, how many GPS marks are on that. I think between – it's through the Soul Guide crew. We've got it all together, and there's, I think there's over 5,000 marks on the unit. So now's the time for me to go on there and actually wipe out basically the waypoints in there that don't mean anything. Now, what I mean by that is – I'll have waypoints where I've marked fish up for kingfish, for example, around the Cape Shank from three months ago. And basically what I mean by that is I might have marked fish up and set up a plan of attack for that day. Now, those waypoints next year do not mean anything. What you do is you actually leave a mark on there and you just have the date, kingfish, date, bang. And that's from, that's going to help you when you go through your unit next year when you're going, 
oh, crap, when did I get those kingfish tasks? You can go on there and you can actually look at the date. It was, say, it was from December, whatever date it was, what time it was, and what tide it was. You can have a look all on your unit. Also, for the squid. So say say you went out for a drift of squid down off St. Leonard's and you picked up squid on all these areas here and you've got some here and you hit mark, keep hitting mark because that's where you hit them. So then it's not going to work for next year. You leave a mark in the general area and you type the date on it and you write squid. So now's the time to actually get in there and clean up your unit because you don't want to confuse yourself next year going, where the hell did I get those white in or where were those squid again? Which one was it on? Because you'll never actually be able to work out where it's one it was on next year. So get the dates in there, spend a couple of hours in the boat and uh, well, for me, it's about 12 hours probably tidying up all those marks. <laughs> but basically, spend the time in there and actually clean up clean up your, uh, clean up your unit. We've got a huge episode of Real Adventures coming your way this morning. We are self-isolating this morning. That's the reason why Aaron is on the phone. We're all looking to do our bit to flatten the curve, whether that's self-isolation, whether that's social distancing. We all have a part to play. If you're not sure on what those regulations are, make sure you look them up online because... The only way to do this is together and we all have a part to play. Plenty more to come of Real Adventures after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for The Social Club. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you send it through to our Real Adventures social pages, Instagram and Facebook. The first one for you, Redmond, is from Stephen Red, if we are allowed to fish, if we are allowed to fish in the coming weeks, uh, is it still worth chasing whiting? Stephen, if we are allowed to fish in the coming weeks, it is the best time to chase whiting from now onwards into April, mid-April, or even into May is just the prime time for whiting. So we're going to have that awesome school whiting run coming out of the, I, I think it's out of the bay. And basically you, if you don't get your bag, you, you shouldn't have fishing rods because that's when they get their thickest. So they're going to be easier to catch than ever. And what I mean by easy is you've still got to work for them. You've got to do the right things. You've got to find your dirty water, fish where the tidal flow is, and you're going to have you're going to catch plenty of whiting. But then you've also got coming into the colder months. So even if we do, say, for example, we were to miss the next couple of weeks with what's going on with the COVID-19, we're going to have, hopefully, it passes. And coming into winter, we're going to have an awesome bite of big King George whiting, those big winter whiting that are down the bottom of the Port Phillip Bay Head area. And I know bottom of Western Port as well fish really well. And they are thumping fish. They're your 40 pluses. You can get a real red hot bite and you can get your bag of them, no worries. Awesome feed of fish. And when you've got fillets that look like flake fillets, Pat, you know they're good fish when you put them on the plate and they take up the whole plate. And they are, I think they're the tastiest fish because they're the coldest. They come from the coldest water where we do get whiting. Not only that, is the fact that they're so close to the ocean that they're feeding on cleaner water, clean, feeding in cleaner water rather than up the bay where they're feeding in that dirtier water. And I know I always talk about the dirty water, and that is spot on, but the ocean is a lot cleaner, even in the dirtier water, than up the bay. It's that muddy sort of worm sort of area. Where in the ocean, they're feeding on that cleaner sand on the bottom. So sand I believe they taste 10 times better. Agree? Yeah, that's sand and grit, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely it's completely different. It's just if you put your foot in the mud of St. Leonard's when you walk in the water, it's that muddy sort of sand. But if you come down towards uh, the Point Lonsdale um, front beach or back beach, it's, it's actually nice, sandy, gritty sand. So, And that's what the fish are feeding in. And I believe that uh, shows through their, their whiting fillets. Uh, Sam Goodwin 
who a uh, good mate of mine who was on the MasterChef, he couldn't agree anymore. He reckons Clifton Springs area and up that wedge spit are the worst tasting whiting because it's no tidal flow and they're feeding on that muddy stuff. And he notices it a lot more than I do because obviously passion is his food, food is his passion. So these fish are only going to get better in the coming weeks. Patrick, I've got a question here for you from Josh. Danger, it is nearly time to travel the surf coast for salmon. I did not have the best luck last year. What rod and reel combo do you use, and do you bait fish, or do you flick some sort of lure? Well, when it comes to self-isolating, there's nothing better than uh, than fishing for salmon. I think you can go down there, do it by yourself, whether you're bait fishing or flicking lures. When it comes to fishing the surf coast, Redmond, I've always been one that, that uses lures. Uh, I love wading through the shallows uh, and then launching sort of a 30-gram or 40-gram uh, metal lure and then sort of retrieving it, not as quickly as I possibly can because I don't want to skip it along the surface, but just below it, uh, and then just walking up and down the, the beach and finding those deeper trenches. That's the most fun and enjoyment I have when it comes to salmon fishing. There's plenty of people that clearly love uh, using baits uh, off the beach, and whether that's using pilchards, whether that's using uh, cockles or pippies, um, you know, that's, that's your own personal preference. Uh, question from Brian is for you again, Patrick. Pretty simple question, this one, Pat. I'd like to know the answer to this as well. Danger, where is your new boat at? Uh, well, COVID-19 has had an effect on absolutely <laughs> <laughs> everything. Uh, and, you know, all the marine industries are seriously under the pump, um, Redmond. That that part is certainly clear. Uh, it's on the production line. It's it's coming together slowly but surely. Uh, I don't think it's out of the, uh, uh, the mould yet. Uh, we're not going to see it at the boat show coming up this year. Clearly, right throughout the year, I, I don't think we're going to see any of, any, um, of these major fishing meets and boating get-togethers, which is such a shame, Redmond. Um, but the boat is on its way, putting twin uh, Mercury 200s on it, and they're the, the, the lightweight V6s, so trying to bring that sort of trailer towing weight down. I think we're going to see a really interesting... Um, a really interesting little piece of uh, we're going to see a really interesting uh, period in time when it comes to tow vehicles I think over the next 12 months hopefully we start to see some uh, 4 ton plus towing utes in the general market and if that does happen then that really opens up so many possibilities when it comes to um, you know towing 3.5 ton boats I'm not sure where you know the likes of Ford Ranger Hilux uh, clearly, um, Holden, Colorado, no longer, no longer exist. Uh, the new Amarok is due out soon. If they can hit four ton Redmond, that just opens mm. up so many possibilities when it comes to towing these lar- larger trailer boats. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's a game changer. Literally, uh, Land Cruisers basically has the market nearly to themselves, other than uh, an F one an F truck, I should say, any whether it's a two fifty or F one fifty. So if they can get a standard ute, we'll call them, a standard ute that isn't too pricey because I know it's going to be pricey, but how much is the Land Cruiser worth, Pat? I think they're about that 120 plus, aren't they? They're pretty dear. Well, they are, and what what we've seen, uh, you know, sort of floating around a few of the 4x4 forums at the moment is the Land Cruiser 300 series, which is due at uh, ended sort of 2021, which is mm-hmm. going to have a part hybrid uh, drivetrain. Um Will that push the four-ton mark? That's pushing easily at the moment. You know, they start at ninety-seven grand. That's going to be, yeah. you know, once you accessorise it, we're talking well over one twenty, I reckon. Yeah. 
That's without an engine too, I think. <laughs> that's without an engine. Well, that's what clearly what we've seen with all these these hybrids. They're a lot more expensive. So, um, yeah, the the Rams that we've seen imported, they start at eighty nine grand, I think it is. So they're quite expensive. Um, the more that are purchased, clearly the price comes down. But for Australians who who have those those smaller utes compared to those in the US, you know what we want to see is a car capable of towing uh, four tons that's not going to cost us, uh, yeah. you know, an arm and a leg and, and well over 90-plus grand. Uh, Redmond, to finish off, Brendan, uh, bluefin tuna still out in the heads or have they disappeared? Uh, with some northerly winds next week, wouldn't mind trying to get a feed. Well, those northerly winds can change very quickly. We both know that, Redmond. So the, the uh, long-range forecast. Or southwesterly is very quick, those ones can. Uh, long-range forecast does look very good. Some warm weather at the stage. Uh, two things against you. If COVID-19 shuts us down, you can't go, then don't go. Second thing is, if the northerlies turn to southerlies and it gets rough out there, don't go. But there is plenty of tuna. I've got the boys out there now. They tell me literally that they've seen plenty of fish. So uh, I'm in isolation, definitely. I'm just relaxing at home, trying to avoid this virus. But there's plenty of fish out there. So when you head out there, be ready with everything. Like I said, I haven't been trawling lures. I've got some... I think it was the first week they were here, which is months and months ago. I got someone lures. Other than that, I've been using stick baits, bungee cast, and white plastics. They've been dynamite, and they've been better than lures. I think the big reason they've been better than lures is when you're trawling at seven knots, say, through these schools, they're finicky fish at times, especially in calm water when most of you guys are fishing, hence the northerly winds. Uh, you're spooking them, you're pushing them down, where... When they're up jumping out of the water, like where well, you can see them when you're trawling, but they're jumping out of the water, you go straight through and pushes them down. Where with these skirt, with these plastics and these stick baits, you can actually set your trap up. You can pull around an arc of a footy field, 50 meters, and you can cast your plastic into the direction that they're they're heading. So you can get ahead of them. Don't cast into the front of the birds. Cast 15 into the front of 15 ahead of the birds because the birds. You got to remember the birds are v-lining behind these fish and they're picking up what the fish have eaten. So where those fish land, those birds land behind those fish is actually behind the tuna. So get it out in front of them, and you should have a pretty nice week out there, Brendan, catching some tuna if we are allowed to do so. That wraps up the social club. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you send it into our Real Adventures Facebook and Instagram pages. Now it's time for our dream boating destinations. Thanks to Club Marine, ensure your boat or jet ski with Club Marine, call or search Club Marine to find out more. Ask for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. Uh, Redmond, this is one of my favourite locations, and I know we say this in every single segment. Every time we have our dream boating destinations, thanks to Club Marine, we always say, oh, I just love this place. But that's why it is uh, a dream. Now, dream destination. Exactly right. Uh, Apollo Bay in Victoria is our dream boating destination for this morning. It's a two-hour drive from the CBD of Melbourne. In terms of amenities and facilities, it's got a wonderful uh, marina set up. Um, there's great bakeries. They're open really early. You and I have fished there often. Um, and when it comes to fishing, there's a huge variety uh, in close but also out wide. Yeah, you're spot on. They've got places like Big Reef, which is... Big Reef and Little Reef, which is out off the Cape Otway, but that that is a bit of a hike to get there. But the fishery just around Polo Bay itself is amazing. You and I filmed a couple of episodes there for Dominic a few years ago, and just the, the, the versatility that we had caught there was just insane. We caught beautiful, massive King George Whiting, should add in there, massive. We caught huge King George Whiting, 
flathead fishery down there is second to none. And if you ask me, it's probably my go-to flathead if I had to choose any fish to eat that I've tasted. I love my flathead. The rock lobster fishery is is as good as anywhere. It is fantastic down there because their reef structure is just so uh, – it's just everywhere, basically, the only way to explain it. It runs right along the coast there. Like I said, you've got big reef and little reef out there, which also hold massive rock lobster. You've got uh, gummy sharks, school sharks, snapper, kingfish, and, of course, the bluefin tuna, which reach up to 150 kilos at times, Pat. Further inland, Redmond, uh, it's also a great trout fishery. There's obviously the estuary systems that run in around uh, Apollo Bay, and there's great brim fishing in there. But Wild Dog Creek and a lot of these Otway streams have uh, brown trout that were introduced, I think it was in the, the early 1900s. It might have even been the, the late 1800s, and there's a great beautiful population of, of wild brown trout down there. They're not uh, massive. There's not a huge food supply for them, so it's not like you're fishing for uh, these gigantic brands that you get in New Zealand, but there's some really nice fishing down there. Whether and to, with- get to, them, to get to them, you have to have some sort of Range Rover or something and something like that with some Ray-Ban Sunnies or something along the lines there, Pat, <laughs> Well, that's only if you fly fishing, Aaron. So if you are oh, going to fly fish... My, my mistake. You've got the sell to lose. My mistake. Yeah, if you fly fishing, you do need a uh, <laughs> a Porsche Cayenne or a Range Rover. If you're going to... Uh, the, the everyday man, like yourself, uh, I'm not putting myself in that boat, uh, the everyday man, you know, he can use the, the Salta lures, but there is a it is a great fishery down there. Um, and one of the most important things about uh, any... Uh, dream boating destination, Redmond, it's got to have a good pub. Yeah, and that's spot on. They've got You can stay at the pub, and the good thing is it's got an awesome feed, and it's not too far to walk home afterwards. But you've got the big four <laughs> carrier park, which looks, which looks over the water. You've got the Apollo Bay Holiday Park. There is numerous places you can stay there. But like I said, if you're going up there without a boat, and you're going up there for the weekend to do some trout fishing, the pub's where I'll stay because the big stairs there, but it takes 20 minutes to get up sometimes, but they... It's okay. There's actually a great ice creamery there as well. Uh, Apollo Bay is our dream boating destination for real adventures this morning. Club Marine is Australia's leading provider of insurance for boats and jet skis, and now you can win the dream with Club Marine. Club Marine members have the chance to win a share of over $260,000 in prizes, including a Ram 1500 Laramie pickup truck and a Northbank 600C boat and trailer package. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Eligibility criteria, terms and conditions apply. Call for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. New South Wales permit number LTPS 19 slash 33208. On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic. Mobile living made easy. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for All Aboard, thanks to the Dometic CIB 26 Cooler Bag. Keep food and drinks cool on your adventures. Travis Dowling joins us now, the Chief Executive Officer of Fisheries Victoria. Good morning, Trav. Thanks for joining us on Real Adventures this morning. Yeah, good morning, Pat, and good morning, Red, and good morning to all your listeners. Trav, clearly uh, we're in an unprecedented time at the moment. How has this, and this is obviously uh, an ever-evolving answer because of just how fast the coronavirus has impacted the entire world, how has this affected fishing and are we going to have an answer, I suppose, from the government long-term in whether we can or we can't because we've seen over in New Zealand there's been a ban on hunting and fishing but as it sits now, people are still uh, allowed to go out and fish. Look, it's um, it's an ever-changing situation, and we've seen that from the Premier 
um, that we're continuing to uh, urge people to self-isolate and to stay at home where possible um, because we, you know, the idea is to flatten the curve, you know, is to try and reduce the amount of uh, Victorians at any one time that have COVID-19. So where we're at from a fisheries organisation is we're telling people, um, if you can stay at home, stay at home. Now, we also manage a lot of commercial fisheries and as a primary producer uh, at a vital food source, we've still got our commercial fisheries out there operating, making fresh fish available to people. But from a recreational fishing perspective, we are urging people to take the Premier's advice and, uh, and if you can stay home, stay at home. Trav, you've got obviously the 1.5 metre rule and self-isolating uh, as well with the whole COVID-19 situation that's going on right now. And I can, even at the start of the week myself, I left my house by myself. I have my bait in my freezer. I have everything available. I don't speak to no one or do nothing. I went to my ranch and I headed out fishing on the Monday. I only did the one day, but I did not speak to anyone, did not see anyone. I didn't touch anyone. And to me, it was sort of good to get out because I've been at home for a few days. So mental health comes into it. Is it, would you 100% say to try and avoid to do that because it is an escape for people because they're not working and they go mental at home, some people. Yeah, look, and the reality is that some people live on waterways. Some people's property back onto the Golden River or back onto Lake Gildan or you know, they live right on the bay. Um, and for them to be able to go and throw a line in the water could be a, you know, like a very good way of relieving a little bit of stress and tension and pressure. So, look, that's understandable. And it's not illegal at the moment to go fishing. I mean, that may change. Uh, but what we are urging people to do is to, to think about others in the community and society. And I mean, all of us would feel terrible if we, um, if we didn't know that we had COVID and then we passed it on to people and families because that could have really dramatic consequences. So, so certainly you know, our advice that we're providing, we, and I've had hundreds of phone calls literally in the last few days is, um, you know, people ask you, can I go fishing or can I not go fishing? What we're saying is if you can start home, start home. Trav, how is it affecting uh, Vic Fisheries, you know, going to work in terms of uh, fisheries officers out on the water and actually inspecting boats and, and still making sure that everyone's doing the right thing? Yeah, so it's having a really significant impact across the community. And, and you, know, our, um, uh, you know, our best thoughts and wishes are with everyone who's, um, you know, who's suffering uh, either financially or just personally. Our fisheries officers are still out and about, so we've got a full a full complement of fisheries officers out. You know, they are taking uh, COVID-19 uh, precautions. They won't approach within uh, two metres of people, uh, but they will ask questions about catch and, and bag limit. Um, and also they are wearing gloves and they're, they're taking every precaution. But it's important throughout all of this that we still maintain a level of, I suppose, ensuring that we don't have anyone out doing the wrong thing and smashing our fish stocks while everyone's at home. Trav, ongoing, how does this affect the work that, that Vic Fisheries obviously do throughout the community? There's been, you know, such an incredible reception to Target One Million, and we've seen, um, you know, the the tag um, offers, you know, over the last few months that's really reinvigorated fishing and got that um, that passion going again in regions that have been, you know, smashed by the fires. How does this affect ongoing, um, you know, what you do in the community? 
Yeah, again, real good question. So Golden Tag has been absolutely wonderful. We've had over 30 people um, uh, catch uh, Golden Tag fish, and so we've handed out now almost $150,000 to people fishing in bushfire-affected regions that have caught platties, brim, trout. It's been fantastic. Um, that's still continuing because people that are local might be fishing local for that, so we haven't put that on hold. We have put on hold all of our events, so all of our big fish kids events, our hooked on events, all of our events are on hold, any sort of social interactions on hold. Um, so it is, it is having a really significant impact across the organisation. But, but we're, we're part of the broader Victorian community and there are people out there doing it really tough. Um, and you know, we just want to make sure that we're doing the right thing as well as in supporting this and getting through this as quickly as we can and then getting everyone back out fishing again. Trav, now obviously we've been patenting at the start of this interview that basically with New Zealand shutting all fishing and hunting. So it's a pretty hard question to ask you and you probably don't have the exact answer, but the coming days, it could be days, it could be weeks, will there be basically a sign on every boat ramp saying you cannot you, you cannot fish. Can you see that happening? That you cannot take your boat out or it's completely shut down. Look that may happen and um, you know, I'm not I don't know. My my um my guess would be there is uh, it's probably likely that will happen. Um as you know, if we move up to a, like a stage three restriction, but I, I, you know, let's let, we will operate at the moment on the parameters that we've been given, and those are the people being urged to stay home. Uh, you know, there's not an explicit um, requirement at the moment that people don't fish, but we're urging people not to and to stay home. Uh, but you know, I, um, I I would say you know, given where New Zealand that. And given that Victoria really wants to try and flatten this curve and to uh, and to reduce uh, an overload on our health system, I'd say there's every chance that that will occur. Travis, we really appreciate your time this morning. And if it's okay with you, we're going to continue to touch base over the coming weeks just so we keep all fishermen out there informed when it comes to COVID-19. Yeah, look, I really appreciate that. And I will say that we're putting stuff up on our social media um, that we would love people to to, uh, to to link in with us about what you're doing at home if you're not fishing, cleaning the reels, you know, going through your best fishing recipes, your best cooking recipes. Um, we, you know, we're trying to make sure that people at home are feeling isolated and that they are still part of this big fishing community that we love. So I'm uh, really looking forward to keeping in touch, lads, and, uh, and all the best to you and all the best to your families and, all to you, and to all your listeners out there. Thanks very much, Travis. Thanks, Travis. Cheers, Travis Dowling, CEO for Fisheries Victoria. Uh, that was all aboard for Dometic Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Your thoughts on that, Redmond? It's pretty scary, Pat, that where we've come to now, I think reality has kicked in for everyone because basically we, we're hoping to go fishing as long as we can with the, obviously the rules and regulations in play, but who knows where we're going to be in a few days time it could be completely like New Zealand we could be completely shut off but in saying that uh, yeah like I said it's just scary to see where it's come to being my livelihood and other people's livelihood 
Uh, if you're just tuning in, I'm in the studio this morning. Aaron is at home. We're self-isolating. Uh, we're making sure we follow the government rules and regulations when it comes to self-distancing and trying to flatten the curve within Victoria and more broadly right around Australia. And we may need everyone to do this in order to tackle COVID-19. It's time for Red's review for Auto One. If you really love cars, Auto One's the one. Redmond this morning, we're talking about Hookham's live bait retrieval net. Uh, when it comes to collecting bait, there's nothing better than what's freshest and nothing's more fresh than live bait. Yeah, you're spot on. And with the fishery that we've got here in Victoria and even New South Wales coast and the whole of Australia, it's not just those areas. But I don't think people respect their live bait near enough. And what I mean by that is, you, you catch your live bait and most people, including myself, you grab them off in your hand and you put them, you put your live bait into your tank or whatnot. How I like to do it most of the time is using a, a de-hooker, as we like to call them, and I hang the fish over the top and pop the fish into the tank. Now, a lot of people will just tend to grab their fish back out of the live bait tank for when they're going to put it on a hook. And that's for a marlin or a kingfish. I know the kingfisher went well, went well yesterday and also over today. I've got a few mates out there today who have had a couple of bites earlier this morning already. And every time you touch a fish, you, you do damage to it. And I don't know if you know this, Pat, but scales are half the reason a fish can swim. That's what helps a fish swim. And every time that you grab a fish or you, you try and grab it in the tank and you swipe at it and you, you knock it around, you're actually knocking the scales off the fish. So therefore, when you actually throw this fish into, a, it might be a bait ball on the marlin, or it might be dropping it, dropping it down to get a, to get a kingfish uh, off the downrigger. So whatever it is, you want to try and get these fish out of the tank as easy as possible. I know you've got to grab them firm to be able to get your bridle needle through them or whatever it is, but I like to use a soft rag for that. But to get them out of the tank, these nets are dynamite. They're 40 bucks, around 40 bucks give or take. You can find them at most tackle stores. The hook them, uh, you can jump online there. Walsy Tackle have them on there. They're made out of a silicon net. They've got double-stitched seams, seams to help protect the fish, but something else which is convenient, they're not too big and they're super light. And why I say convenient, because they're not too big to get in most live bait tanks. Uh, you don't want anything too big like a squid net to try and get them out of the tank because most tanks are only so big. So using this is super light. It comes with an alloy frame and handle, so it's, it just packs away nicely, and it's going to save you, or it's going to catch you, a few more fish, I reckon, if you start to look after them a little bit better. Beautiful work, Redmond. And when it comes to finding that information online, hook'em.com.au? Yep, Wellsies Bait and Tackle is a good one as well. That's always good. We always talk about that. And I think most tackle stores, nearly every tackle store will have some sort of net. But these are about $40, and I, don't, I think they're worth every dollar. That was Red's review for Auto One. Want to speak to someone as passionate as cars as you? Auto One's the one. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. From wherever you are listening, right around the country, you can follow us on Facebook, our Real Adventures Facebook page, or on Instagram, and join in the conversation and send us through a message or anything you'd like us to talk about on our shows each and every week. Uh, we are self-isolating this morning. Aaron's been on the phone this morning and on Skype. Uh, it's really important that we all have a role to play in Australia and in our associated states when it comes to self-isolating and social distancing. It's all about flattening the curve. It mightn't be affecting you, but it's going to affect someone that you know. So it's important that we all play our role within that. Uh, Redmond, 
your fishing for the week, it obviously died off towards the back end of it because you are self-isolating now. Earlier in the week, you had some great fishing, though. Yeah, you're spot on. I, uh, just because of the old ticker and I got the baby coming literally in a week's time, not even, Pat. So I thought it'd be a bit safer just to stay at home and not see anyone do anything. We've got some good people around us helping us out with Kari and myself. We've got our parents all doing our shopping and everything we need to be done, basically, so we don't have to go out. But is that week, is, Sorry to cut you off. Is that a real concern for you at the moment? Because clearly Kari's, she's not far off giving birth and what has happened, you know, that the pressure on our hospitals at the moment, how concerning is that for you? Yeah, it's basically to sum it up it's just my luck we have a baby through this so it's just my luck but uh, uh, the, the nurses and what they do they've been really good with with Kari and myself as in they've contacted us they've asked uh, basically I'm the only one allowed in the room hoping that they actually don't let me in the room for some reason that there's a couple of couple of things I don't want to see but no it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful <laughs> but uh, basically uh it is. I'm. I'm concerned as in for my own self, as in because I've got no immune system. I haven't heart transplant. I'm on immunosuppressed tablets. That if I do get the virus with not being anything to help support me with it, when if I do get it, uh, that I could be, yeah, basically the worst could happen. It might not happen, but the worst could happen. Uh, so trying to avoid anyone in particular is massive for me. But the main reason that I've isolated, like I was fishing at the start of the week, which I'll talk about in a second, and I was going out by myself and I caught some nice fish, but. Even just, I had people come up the boat ramp and say, okay, Red, how you doing? Let's go get the fish. And they'd come up and they'd have the thing just to talk to me. And they're not doing anything wrong. It's, they're keeping their distance. But for me, it was just like, I've got a kid coming next week. And the last thing that I want to do is pass anything. Like for me, I'll, I'll deal with it. But I've got six, I'm going to have a baby that's not even, that's not born obviously yet. But up until six weeks is when they start to build an immune system. Yep. And I don't want to potentially have anything at all that I'm going to pass on to my baby. And so... It was just, it wasn't about me as such. It wasn't about Kari as such. It was more about the baby. So it is scary to think that he's going to be born into this world as it is right now. But the good thing is, or the, the good thing is that the nurses do such, and the midwife and the doctors, they do their job properly. They don't mess around. Everything's done properly. And another thing is, I'm not the only person in this boat. I know Gary Rowan, who plays footy with yourself, has a bump due at the same time as us. I think they're a day after us, which is, for them, it's, and I know they've had a bit more experience with uh, the whole having a baby scenario. So I'm worried, but I also don't let things worry me until I have to worry, if that makes sense. does. Uh, back to your start of the week when it came to fishing. Yeah, it was about basically for me, um, and with Soulclide, what we're doing is keeping it simple. Bread and butter. Uh, if kids are off school and you can still go out fishing and you live with those direct, your direct family, for example... Pat, you live with George and Felicity, all hanging all off you every single day. Yep. I know they're a bit younger than what the age group I'm talking about, but you can go take them fishing. You're with them all day as it is at the house. They're hanging off you. You can take them out, or you could take them out for a fish at the start of the week, depending on how the government goes over the next few days. Stay tuned to that. But you can take them out fishing. It was all about me to go get the better bread and butter species. I've got some beautiful whiting, some beautiful blue spot flathead, and also calamari to eat. I loaded my parents up with the fish, myself and Kari's parents, and a couple of friends grabbed some as well. So for me to be able to do that and not go to the supermarket, it was awesome to do. So stay tuned to what the government has to say because you can basically go out there at the moment, get a feed of fish, but isolate yourself when you need to. 
It's time for Red's review now. No, it is time for Red's tip. That's how well I'm going. It's time for Red's tip for New Age Caravans, designed for the road ahead. Redmond. Pretty simple, Pat, this week. Listen to the government. If they say we can fish, then fish. I think it's great to get out and actually be able to refresh our heads, our mental our mental health is really important. But when they say don't, we've got to play by the rules and don't. It's a pretty simple game. Just do not do it. Stay at home if you're told to stay at home. But until then, stick to the government's rules and then catch some fish if you're allowed to stay safe and isolate yourself when you can. It's pretty simple. Self-isolation helping, helping to flatten the curve and social distancing. We've all got to play our part. That was Red's tip for New Age Caravans to take your caravan experience to the next level. New Age Caravans designed for the road ahead. Uh, the Flying Gaff Redmond, we've spoken a lot about uh, self-isolation uh, and how important that is. We've all got to play our role uh, within the community to stop the spread and flatten the curve. But when it comes to uh, fishing and making decent decisions, uh, there's a couple of absolute imbeciles uh, that have been caught taking uh, 315 uh, abalone, uh, sorry, 399 abalone, yeah. 263 of which were undersized. So uh, as we heard from Travis earlier, fisheries officers are still out and working, uh, and thankfully they are because these imbeciles who clearly know the regulations you don't take that many abalone uh for starters without knowing what it is uh have been caught red-handed and they will be smashed because of it they tried to run away like they run into bushes and everything like if you get caught in the act you just gotta sit like not saying that that's the right thing to do it's just stupid and wrong but if you get caught surely you just go look i've done the wrong thing don't you well, you'd think so. If you see suspicious or illegal fishing activity, call 13 Fish or 133474. Uh, Redmond, it's been an unusual episode of Real Adventures. We are self isolating and would encourage everyone to do so if they're feeling uncomfortable, unless, of course, you can get outside and you're not near anyone else. Uh, this has been Real Adventures. We're not going fishing, we're looking after our families. You should do the same. Stay safe. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.